Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, why incredible advances in tech don't always make headlines. We're talking about a sexy technology doing very boring things. We're talking about automation, right? That is not very sexy. It's not going to result in a robot that's taking over the world. It's not going to end humanity. Emil Tutti, executive editor of NetGov, is here to provide a perspective on how the federal government is looking to apply and benefit from the emergence of artificial intelligence. You know, people talk about artificial intelligence in the private sector. It's a big trend. Camille, how are you seeing it uh, starting to change government and how government's starting to apply this? So I think this is a very interesting trend that we're seeing. Um, for many years, people have been thinking about artificial intelligence as, you know, something out of the Terminator, the movie. Uh, what's happening at agencies now, it's on a very basic level. It comes down to pretty much automating processes and using AI for things like chatbots. So if citizens, this is something that GSA is looking to, uh, sorry, the General Services Administration is looking to implement. You have uh, citizens that are asking questions and you have so-called AI bots answering citizens' questions. So we're looking at a very basic use of artificial intelligence, and I think that's going to change rapidly um, over the next years. So what you're saying is that within the federal government, we're now seeing AI being used in consumer-facing the same way that it is now if you're dealing with United Airlines or one of the commercial players. I also understand that we're starting to see it more and more in R&D and advanced technologies, for example, DARPA's initiative over the last couple of years, their cyber challenge using artificial intelligence for cybersecurity. What are you seeing there? So DARPA is obviously very forward thinking. It's the DOD's research arm, right? So they do very cool stuff. I, I think that what we're going to see is a little bit more advancement within the DOD uh, or intelligence community when it comes to artificial intelligence. But like I said, even though we've seen companies like General Dynamics, for example, uh, have robots and things like that, I think we're not going to see those advance advancements in, in government quite yet. DARPA is on the forefront of leading um, initiatives like robotics and artificial intelligence. AI is changing things so rapidly. You think about areas like robotic cars, for example, autonomous cars. Software's going to have to decide whether to hit a school bus or whether to drive off the side of the road. You know, the choices are going to be made like that in real time. As people think about AI, I, you know, you made the analogy earlier to Terminator. I do think a lot of people do think about AI and, and Skynet, and it, it seems really scary. But yet, clearly, the government has a need to now save money and be better at servicing its consumers. How do you think government can do a better job or a good job of making sure people understand these technologies don't necessarily result in the end of the world as we know it? <laughs> right. It's not going to be Skynet. So we're talking about very – we're talking about a sexy technology doing very boring things. We actually wrote a story about this on NextGov, how sexy technology might help uh, you know, do the boring jobs. We're talking about automation, Right. That is not very sexy. It's not going to result in uh, a robot that's taking over the world. It's not going to end humanity. So it's. I think any new emerging technology is going to be considered uh, a little bit scary. I mean, you, you can see that with, let's say, cloud computing. I mean, it's not scary, but people were very afraid to implement it first or even embrace it. Now it's a... 
it's kind of a mainstream technology in the government. So mm. I think it just takes a little bit of getting used to it. And also people, uh, there, there has to be a little bit more of a awareness raising around um, AI, I think. Um, it's not going to be um, the agencies that are um, embracing this that are going to do that much. But I think it's, you know, part of, our job as journalists is also to outline, you know, these are the benefits of uh, this new technology. These can be the pitfalls. These are the challenges in implementing it. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve like it is with every new technology. The other thing that strikes me is, and I've seen this, and I'm sure you have as well in your coverage over at NextGov, you know, as new technologies become available in the commercial sector, one of the benefits technologies often have is labor saving or the ability to do something more efficiently and require fewer bodies. In artificial intelligence, machine learning, among other things, the undertext is you'll need fewer people to do the same job. How is the government contractor community thinking about um, or dealing with this reality where literally you may not need or be able to sell a service through lots of people with markup if you're right. using AI? That's an excellent question. It's actually a question I get the most from Uber drivers to people I meet at co uh, cocktail parties or happy hours. And they actually uh, approach it as, you know, technology is bad. It's going to replace us all. But I think it's important to know that with every shift when it comes to technological advancement or evolution, you have to embrace it. You can't kind of say no and just, I mean, if you can't beat them, join them, right? So I think with artificial intelligence and with driverless cars, for example, you know, that could replace bus drivers. So it's just the direction that we are going. Um, same thing with new media, for example. We are no longer a print publication. I mean, print has changed a lot. So you have to kind of change your skill set. And going back to the contractors, I mean, do you remember maybe, I would say maybe seven years ago when there were very few contractors that offered cybersecurity offerings, for example. Now, pretty much every company in the region has some kind of cybersecurity offering. So you have to adapt and you kind of have to go with that wave. If you see that this is a technology that's advancing, you need to pivot. And I think that is going to be crucial in in uh, every comp tech company's approach to, you know, taking advantage of the marketplace. I agree with that. I also see a large opportunity. Look, somebody needs to understand the federal acquisition rules. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's a great application of artificial intelligence and, and machine learning, for example. Mm -hmm. But that'll really change. That'll change the way the government contract industry works. I'm just wondering whether they're talking about that yet. I haven't heard so much about that, but uh, yeah, that that would be amazing because everyone is talking about how uh, procurement needs to be revamped. The FAR is, you know, this huge Bible. It's very outdated. It's hard to get through. And it's also, the, the issue is also that you want to get more acquisition professionals into government, for example. And there aren't that many people who are interested in that field. So you got to make it a little bit, again, to use my favorite word, sexy. You got to make it a little bit more sexier uh, than it is now. And maybe AI could help with that. I just have this image of Terminators becoming the contract officers around the <laughs> Pentagon, and life would be very different. So, last question I understand from a source that you're one of the only editors in DC that we could call a cyborg 
Tell me about that. Yes, I like to call myself a cyborg. Uh, so I have a chip implanted in my hand. I had it this done um, last year in Stockholm. I was exploring the Stockholm tech scene. So a, um, a professional body piercer inserted a chip in my hand. So if you have an Android phone and you turn off the um, NCF reader, uh, NFC reader, sorry about that, um, you can actually scan my hand and... I've programmed it with information about my contact information. So if you scan my hand with your phone, uh, my business information will pop up. So now we know, and you all know, <laughs> if you see Camille Tootie at an event here writing articles for NextGov, don't reach out and shake her hand. Reach out and scan her. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for sharing your perspectives on this emerging area. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington with Jonathan Aberman. Look, this is a time where it's more important than ever to stay focused on how to move things forward positively. We in the Washington, D.C. region get things done every day. This is more than just House of Cards, and this podcast is a reminder of that. If you believe that that is the way things should be, follow us at, at What's Working D.C. or direct messages with stories that you think need to be covered to spread the word of positivity that's so necessary in this current moment. And don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast. They can find it on iTunes. See you next time. Goodbye.